Okay, welcome again to another podcast, Down to Earth, but Heavenly Minded, and I'm your host, Irv Rish, and uh, we are continuing on today in our study in the book of First Peter, his uh, first epistle that he wrote, and uh, we are in part five of the first chapter, and uh, yes, uh, we're breaking down the uh, scripture uh, into five parts uh, today, uh, or the fifth part, I should say. And uh, we're going to continue on uh, with our study. So with that said, let us just uh, move on into uh, our study. Uh, all right, here we are. Okay. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time already in the first chapter of First Peter because it is so rich in teaching based on all the previous uh, truths presented. Whatever we read the word, therefore, we should make sure we understand what it's there for. <laughs> it's kind of a good way to look at it. We are to prepare our minds for action. The text is literally, gird up your loins of your mind. Uh, and what really does this all mean? As uh, servants or warriors would grip up their loins in preparation for action. You know, several uh, concepts are at play here. First, uh, relaxed flow flowing garments limit a man's ability to account, accomplish something. They can get caught on things and they can, uh, can uh, and they can restrict needed range of motion. Uh, second, a uh, comp uh, uh, compressed belt or girdle helps support the small muscle ligaments and tendons under stretch, uh, stress reducing the chance of injury. So this is all important. That's why we are to, to put this on. Now in spiritual things, the battleground is the mind. So Peter tells us to gird up the loins of our minds. Just like we would protect our body, we are to protect our minds. We are wrestling against flesh. We are not wrestling against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities. The scriptures tell us that as a man thinks, in his heart, so he is. Well, this is a commandment to get ready for service uh, to our Lord. Time for a little coffee, I think. Mm. Well, this is a command to get ready. Are you ready to serve the Lord? Well, therefore, prepare your minds for action. That's what the scripture tells us. Our minds wander over hills and dales and it re in a relaxed state, kind of like I am right now. <laughs> there is no limit to uh, whether they made take us. I mean, we, you know, our minds are something else. They wander way away from what we're sometimes reading. I don't know if you've ever picked up a book and 
started to read it and, and find out that, hey, wait a minute, what did I just read? I can't even remember what I read because my mind was someplace else. And this happens all the time. Paul wrote to the Colossians uh, to cast down imaginations and every high thought that exalts itself against God. And what we're reading the scriptures, and I find out that I, uh, I got a hard time concentrating. And really, I believe that it's because the uh, enemy is trying to prevent me from learning things from the scripture. Well, Keith goes on and he writes, I, I knew nothing of this when I was a youngster. I would uh, sit in a class daydreaming about fishing or canoeing or flying a jet plane around the world. I paid very little attention to what was being taught and that has been a very difficult habit to break, and it really is. In uh, athletics, not uh, paying attention to a game at hand will lead to serious errors and can uh, bring a loss to the team if you're a team player. Imagine Peter as a baseball coach telling his team, now get your head in the right in the game. Get it in the right place. We're in crunch time here. You know, this is exactly what the scriptures is telling us here. This is what Peter is trying to uh, uh, tell us. Keep sober in spirit, he says. Keeping sober for a Christian is not just avoiding being drunk, though that can include that too, but uh, Sensing the gravity of the present situation. Think about what's going on in the world right now. Just think about how serious things are. You know, there's a time where we can joke around and, and, and tell a joke and, and be kind of gay, uh, uh, merry, uh, you know, have that type of an attitude. But there's a time to really get serious. And sometimes when we take the word of God, we're not serious enough. It is not uh, the rapture, but the appearance of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter sets before our souls as a guiding hope that we will, that will bring us the fullness of God's grace. Yes. Deliverers from hell is a wonderful thing. Christian uh, fellowship is a joy. Having a body uh, incapable of decay certainly uh, cheers us more and more as we get older. But the end game is the revelation or appearing of the Lord Jesus when he walks when he, well, I'm sorry, when he will take his rightful place as King of kings and Lord of lords, and we shall appear with him, his spotless bride, at his side. Isn't that amazing? So as an obedient, uh, as so as obedient children, this is really what it's saying. Now, to be obedient children 
my kids uh, and and Keith writes this, and I can kind of relate to it. I raised six kids too. My kids used to complain that one of their numbers never seemed to get into conflicts with us. It was a simple matter of him being an obedient child. We would ask him to do something, and as a normal course of things, he would simply do it without arguing or fanfare. Some of the other kids could argue for a half hour about doing something that would take five minutes. It'd be a five-minute task. Peter is telling us to act simply in simple obedience to the Lord's direction in our lives. Do not be conformed to the former lust which were yours in your ignorance. The natural man's lust after whatever he doesn't have. A faster car, a big house, a boat, plane, motorcycle, fishing gear, women, power, the list could go on and on. Now before our eyes were open to the glories of Christ, we followed our lust and were conformed to their shape. We have been given our sight, make, made to walk, uh, cleans every whim and gives a uh, uh, destination in life. It sets our goals on something else. Our focus should be completely new when we become a Christian. You know, it goes on in, in uh, 1 Peter 1, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourself also in your behavior, because it is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. True holiness is moral uh, conformity to God's nature. As we go on in our pathway, we should learn to hate evil and anything contrary to God. Sin is self-willed, and it is to be judged as wrong. Whatever we find it in our lives, holiness is not what man sees, which can be uh, for show, but what God sees in our heart and lives. You know, truly, this is it. There is no substitute for holiness, no amount of fervent, singing, loud praying, uh, or, you know, whatever we do, nothing matters. Uh, or long, uh, swelling preaching of slogans produce holiness. You know, it, none of this does. Dress in plain fashion or ride in a buggy uh, to a house with no electricity doesn't make me more holy than uh, painful processes of seeing myself well for what it is and taking God's side against it. It is uh, a formula for true holiness. That's a swart line. To become like God, the longer we go on the road of faith, the more sensitive we become to thoughts and actions that are uh, affront to God's holiness. You know, this is where it all lies in, in God's holiness. 
and God wants us to be holy. Be holy, for I am holy. Well, that's where we're going to end our podcast today, and uh, I hope you understand what we read today, and uh, take it to heart. Be more of a man or woman or child or whatever you are that God wants you to be. You know, true holiness is becoming like God. We are being conformed to his image. The longer we're a Christian, the longer we should be like Christ. But the problem is sometimes the longer we're a Christian, the less we are of Christ. That's because we're living our lives wrong. Well, with that said, uh, let's just end our podcast here like we usually do. God is out here. You can find him in your Bible. Just pick it up. Well, goodbye for now. Lord bless.